Welcome back, friends. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friends give you college football betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can catch all of my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today, we are talking bowl games, part two of the 2021 college football season. With me today, Cousin Jared. Hello there. Hello, hello. Uh, so yeah, the, the the last podcast of the season, wrapping up bowl season, I have no idea how the season went by so quickly. It's been a great ride. Uh, the only thing I want to add, clearly based on the Wyoming game, if I tell you to take an over, you need to take an over. I never give them out. So that means that I am confident it's going over. So just, just want to start off the podcast with that. If I give you an over, make sure that you take it. There you go. There you go. And Jack, uh, hello to you as well. Hello, everybody. Um, I must say my strategy for taking big underdogs really paid off the first weekend yeah. and not so much mid first week of Christmas here, but I, I have something going. I'm going to try this again next year. Yeah. Hey, I mean, all three of us are positive right now. Uh, we'll see how the, there's a couple games left. So from part one, uh, if you want to go back and check that out. So but at, at the moment, we're all three up on bowl games. So that's always fun. Uh, in case you're new here, you will hear me reference the model throughout the show. So a reminder for everyone, my full power ratings are available in the Google sheet that is provided in the show's description. The difference between the two teams ratings, once you account for home for the advantage, makes up what the model thinks the spread should be between them. That's also in the sheet and gives us a good idea where there's value week to week. In the long run, this is a winning strategy. However, while it does account for recent play, it struggles to account for recent injuries and in the case of bowl season, opt-outs and motivation. So what I'll attempt to do in the course of this episode is explain where I think the model will shine. Also note that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable every week, that is clearly an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, the aforementioned Google Sheet contains all of this episode's college football picks. We'll also post on Twitter any plays that we add. Links are in the description. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, rate, leave a review or a comment. We truly appreciate any and all of those things. And before we move on to the picks, a reminder of the PSA I gave on Bowl Games Part 1, I do recommend toning down all bowl bets I'm keeping the one, two, three unit scaling to illustrate my confidence level, but I do recommend cutting those down. All of Jack's and Cousin Jared's plays in the sheet are all half units. That's because while bowl games are a lot of fun with coaches moving around, players opting out, it's hard to know about motivation. All that to say there's high variance this time of year. So unless you have inside information, I recommend keeping bet sizes a little smaller than usual. Uh, no segments this week, just bowl games in time order, as has been the case. All lines are accurate as of the recording this episode. It is December 22nd, uh, and courtesy of Bet Online. So we will start off with after Christmas Monday, December 27th, 10 a.m., the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Western Michigan versus Nevada. Because Jared. So I think that Nevada, whew, let me tell you, losing Carson Strong. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a quarterback who meant more to his team this season than Strong did, partially because uh, Nevada couldn't run the ball worth, worth anything. Uh, and then, of course, their head coach leaving as well to take the head coaching got job at Colorado State. So there's no way that I'm backing Nevada in this spot. But at the same time, Western Michigan, I mean, they beat Pitt this year, but man, they've been high variability. I'm not sure that they should be, you know, laying a touchdown with with any team that was good enough to, to make a bowl. Um, so this is a big stay away from me. This is, you know, exactly why you just gave that PSA that you did. Uh, in my opinion, you should not be touching this game. Well, yeah, and so. we talked we talked midseason about that a couple of times, right? How that Western Michigan yeah. pit game was the one of the weirder results of the season. And we were at the season. Still true, still one of the yeah. weirder results. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. Uh so 
to add on to the PSA, like in addition to the motivation and people opting out to go pro and things like that, like we also are not quite sure how many of these games are actually going to be played thanks to the Omicron variant. And even if they are played, we don't know by whom, who will be actually participating in these. So it may not be, it may be more than the case of a team like mentally not showing up. It may be that key players literally cannot show up because of COVID restrictions. Um, that being said, so how far away is Western Michigan from Detroit? I mean, the whole state's only about three hours wide. So I'd I mean, but say about three it, hours. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Unless maybe you're, unless you're up in the peninsula, which I right, don't right. think Western, mean, Western Michigan, Michigan is. No. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm not going to touch this game, especially right after Christmas, but I guess I, there's nothing better to do in Detroit, right? Yeah. yeah. Go see I the Pistons. Give, I did give Western Michigan one point for home foot advantage for being close. I do think that they will have uh, a few more fans there than Nevada. So I'm giving them one point for that. My strategy here for these bowl games, we're going to talk a lot about opt-outs today. So we're going to get a little bit more into the X's and O's than I think we usually do on this podcast because it's so important to know who is out and understand what the model is using. The model doesn't know about opt-outs, right? I explained that at the start. And so here, here's my thought process on this game. Before Strong opted out, this game was uh, around a pick em. My model said Nevada minus six and a half. So I thought right there with Strong in, Vegas said pick em, And I said, no way, take Nevada. Now that Strong has opted out, it's Western Michigan minus seven. So they're saying that Strong's worth seven points. That seems fair to me. So that means my line is now about a pick them. And so using that logic, I think you're getting a lot of value with Nevada plus seven. So I'm going to say best bet Nevada plus seven. As Cousin Jerry talked about, Western Michigan is not good enough to be favored by this much against a team with the polls. And I'm going to throw out a hot take here. I don't think that Strong is that good in that he has some massive strengths but what I saw from him this year was some struggles with mobility. And if at any point his line broke down, if at any point they got pressure on him, he really struggled. And so that's not to say that he won't figure that I won't be a good quarterback, right? I'm not trying to say that. Yeah. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I'm not sure that the value of how well Nevada is going to play is based more on strong alone or strong plus how well the offensive line plays. To my knowledge, the entire offensive line is still playing. So that is a bigger thing to me because then you throw the backup in. If he can at least stay protected, that matters a little bit more. And if the offensive line isn't going to protect the backup, he's in trouble. But if they weren't going to protect Strong, I saw a few games where Strong was really uh, – he really struggled there when guys were getting after him. So uh, that's kind of my hot take there on that is that very good quarterback, but he's not one of those quarterbacks like uh, what we saw – you know, some quarterbacks in recent history who can just kind of put the team on their back, no matter what right. everybody else does, you know? Right. So that's kind of my thought there, why I like Nevada plus seven. I'm putting my faith in the backup and hoping that he can step in and just keep it close um, here in the quick lane bowl. I feel like, Jack, you wanted to say something. Uh, I, I feel like, I feel like history's not on your side, professor, when you're trusting the backup. Hey, hey, it's, it's, you know, you, you never really know in these bowl games, right? I just think that plus seven is, is way too much there. Um, I just don't think Western Michigan is that good. So uh, also Monday, December 27th, 1.30 p.m. Central Time, the Military Bowl in Annapolis, East Carolina versus Boston College. So Boston College here, 
they started out really, really well and then kind of faded as the season went on. Uh, they lost a starting quarterback there early in the season. He came back, but I think he was still playing a little bit injured, you know, had some problems with his wrist. I think the extra bowl prep time has been good for them. And so, you know, I think he's going to play a little bit better than he did towards the end of the season. So this is a rare instance where I think I agree more with the Vegas line than I do with the professor's line. I think that Boston College should be a slight favorite here, which which they are. Um, so this is no play for me, except for me, I think this is a spot on line. Yeah, nothing to add from Jared's point of view. Right. So the line is at Boston College is a three point favorites. Uh, my model says pick. I got a lean to ECU plus three. I don't love it. I don't really have a lot of insight on these two teams. Um, I'm taking ECU just because I think it's going to be a tight game and I'm getting a field goal. So I just think there's a little bit of value there, but uh, I don't think I would be too surprised either way in this game. Um, so not a, not a pick that I'm, I'm running to back there. Tuesday, December 28th, 11 a.m., the Birmingham Bowl, Houston versus Auburn. What do you have for us here, Cousin Jared? So like you said, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about opt-outs today. Yep. So as I was doing the research on opt-outs, I saw the list of opt-outs for Auburn. And it's long. It, it, it is <laughs> a very long list between, you know, people uh, leaving early to get ready for the draft and everything, transfers, all sorts of other stuff. On both sides it of is, the bowl. Yeah, it is a quite lengthy list. I couldn't believe that this line has seemed fairly resilient. Don't get me wrong. You're not getting as much value with Houston as I think you did uh, earlier, you know, right around the time the bowl games were announced. But in my opinion, I have, I have no idea why Auburn is still favored in this game. So official play for me here, I am taking the two points with, with Houston. Um, Normally, I in this situation, I would say, hey, money line's probably good if it's less than, than three points. But these bowl games, I just had the feeling teams, you know, they're going to go for two and try to win in regulation, I think. So it's one of those things I feel like I would be kicking myself if I didn't take the two points and it ended up being a crazy one-point game. So, um, you know, if you want to take the money line, that's fine. Uh, but I, I'm taking the two points with, with Houston. Yeah, I, I agree in spirit with Jared. I get why Auburn's getting a lot of opt-outs. Like you're an SEC team, you're used to be playing in big time games through at least Auburn's not too distant history. And then all of a sudden you're playing a bowl game in your own state. It doesn't sound like much fun to me if I'm an Auburn player. Yeah. It's This is certainly going to matter to Houston more than it will to Auburn. Yeah. I just, I've hated on Auburn at all the wrong times. <laughs> I always feel like, okay, they're certainly going to lose this game. And it like, not just this year, but like past years, it just seems like I always pick the wrong time to go get to fade Auburn. So I, I'm not going to do anything here. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't make the joke about going for two in regulation with a game involving Auburn. I feel like that joke was right there to be made given the iron bowl and that they should have gone for two. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree with cousin Jared here. I'm taking money line. Best bet Houston, it's plus 112 right now. Uh, just as what Cousin Jerry would say, I'll give you a little bit more detail on that. The line had settled around Auburn minus three. All these opt-outs happen, and it goes to Auburn minus two, and that makes no sense to me. Ignoring the quarterback situation, we talked about this on a previous podcast, that losing Knicks wasn't going to really hurt Auburn that much, that they had a competent backup, that that's maybe a point or two, but it's not a, like we talked about with Strong earlier, a seven-point move or something like that. But, man, it's, it, it, you, 
you talk about it's a point for this guy and a point for this guy and a point for this guy and key starters on both sides of the ball. Yeah. There's no way that Auburn should have. I'm, I'm not saying Auburn won't win. What I'm saying is if Auburn minus three with the consensus, when you see all these opt outs, the line should have shifted all the way to Houston minus two, minus two and a half. I'm not sure I would have made it Houston minus three, but I would have for sure made Houston favored in this game if the consensus was Auburn minus three beforehand I had Auburn minus two beforehand so I still thought Houston was the right play with the healthy Auburn team now with this I really like Houston so yeah yeah I, I think I would also say in a lot of these games you know we're, we're locking in, in these numbers for the podcast but most of these I would say hey wait as long as you can until you have oh, complete yeah. information with, with what's happening for all the reasons that we've already discussed this yep. is not one of those one of those games i would say go if you just, think you're just gonna take houston. houston yeah go go get houston now because you know people, yeah. common sense has got to reign supreme at some point and this yeah, line's got to move i mean I unless think, something weird happens this line's not moving back to yeah, Auburn exactly. minus three right exactly. right exactly you're not you're not getting houston plus three I'm, you'd yeah. love to have it but you're not getting it at this point yeah. Uh, unless unless a whole bunch of people for houston are out and then that's a whole other issue right but yeah it's, it's a good point um I try not to prognosticate where the line's going to go because it's really hard to tell what people are going to do with their money. Um, but in this case, assuming nothing crazy happens, uh, cousin Jared, I think you were spot on that eventually people have to realize what's going on and more Houston yep. money will come in and bring that line closer to a pick So if you want the points, get them now, because you're not going to get them later yeah. in our opinion, or if you like the money line, you probably won't get the plus odds later. So you're losing a little bit of value there. So uh, cousin Jared there is taking two with Houston. I'm on the money line best bet. I like Houston there um, on the 28th. Continuous on the 28th, 2.15 p.m. The first responder bowl in Dallas, Louisville versus Air Force. Uh, cousin Jared, I believe uh, you have a pick and you are calling it a best bet here, but based off what you said in the preamble, I feel like it's almost the best bet, right? Or it's, it's a best bet adjacent, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I took it to heart when, when Jack told me that, you know, he, I felt like the Grinch here wishing for all these low scoring games. So uh, Jack, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a bone here. Okay. So went back and looked at, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast with the, the army Missouri game that when you have time to prepare for that triple option, a lot of times it can be uh, pretty tough uh, to score a lot of points. If you run the triple option with a long lead time. I went back and looked at the past decade of, of army bowl games here and army. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Army's or excuse me, excuse me, air force, air force. Excuse me, air force. Yeah. Went back and looked at the past decade of air force bowl games. And here's the points that air force has put up in their bowl games the past uh, since the 2011 season. 31, 45, 36, 38, 14, and 41. And that's just and Air Force. That's that's just Air Force. So, and, and Louisville, definitely their strength is, is their offense. Their defense played better as the season went on, but definitely their strength is, is their offense here. So I'm expecting a lot of points. Official play for me, I'm taking the over 55 and a half. Um, if, if you have the ability for a, a reasonable price, I would buy this down to 55 just because that's the most common uh, number there. Uh, but I'll, I'll take it at the 55 and a half and, and feel good about it. This is an odd violation of the triple option bowl theorem that it's, the professor and I have been working under for a few years. It's, it's, because it's even if it's true for Air Force, it's not because the other team stopped the triple option. It's because Air Force forgot how to play defense. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we say this and we're waiting on Army to do something in their ongoing bowl game. <laughs> I get some Missouri team that only has half a defense at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I'm on Louisville uh, minus one. Uh, my model says two and a half. I, if, if in general, I, I lean towards, 
against the triple option in the bowl. So uh, uh-huh. it's a lean Louisville minus one. I don't love it. It's just a pay hey, if you're if you're forcing me to choose. I think that's the, the side I'd rather be on, but it's not what I really uh, want. And we are forcing him to choose. So there we are. Forcing well, me to choose. Well, okay. So I, I do want to add my two two cents on that one. So I did want to, I originally thought about playing Air Force taking the the point there. Um, I think that was more of a play with my heart, not my head, but I have flashbacks to the 2019 season when an Air Force team played a middle of the pack power five opponent, Washington State in the Cheez-It Bowl, and they won that game 31-21, and I don't know if y'all remember that game. I remember but, that game. I remember yeah, that game. Washington State just could not stop air force it was just 10 minute drive after 10 minute drive getting touchdowns yeah um i so i remember ryan leaf's commentary on that game in fact i went to the sloan sports analytics conference right before the pandemic started which was only about three months after that game and talked to him specifically about calling that game and he still had like heartburn about it because (laughs) i remember him calling it and he was just like disgusted his alma mater just like you said it was it was like 12 minute scoring drives or something yeah I mean, just shoving it down their throat Air Force yeah. had places to be let's run the clock out and go home yeah yeah they so could not it, be stopped yeah so th- i just when you said you had to lean toward louisville there it just gives me pause because i think of that game and i feel yeah. like you know this louisville uh team offensively different but same thing a much better offense than than defense and you know it just oh i, I yeah. i'm a little concerned for you on that one yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's again, that's why it's a lean and not a yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not a standard exactly. pick. Yeah, um, sticking with the same day here, December 28th, 5 45 p.m. Central Time, the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. Uh, that is Texas Tech versus Mississippi State, and Mississippi State, uh, nine and a half point favorite, so p- pretty big spread here for a bowl game. Yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's right. I think Mississippi State is pretty underrated, and also. I think there's a reason that tech fired Matt Wells when they did, but they were like five and three when they, when they fired him or something. But I think there was a reason for that. I think the people that were in the know, know knew that tech wasn't, wasn't that great uh, this year. And they, you know, they pulled out some, some good wins there at the end of the season. Um, this felt like a line that was going to be, uh, you know, before I even saw what it was, this felt like it was going to be Mississippi state, you know, anywhere between seven and a half and nine and a half, you know, I, I thought it was gonna be more than seven, thought it was gonna be less than 10. And of course that's exactly where it's at. So, this feels like a, a good line to me. So I think Mississippi State's much better, but I, I don't have a play. So Tuesday is my wedding anniversary, and there's going to be not a lot of football being watched on Tuesday, but if I do get a chance to watch football, it will not be this game. <laughs> <laughs> when did when did Wells get – was it right after Texas hung 70 on him? I don't think it was. No. That. Or was it later? It was later. It was actually already had six wins. I think no, they were bowl. No. I think it, they were five and three, I think. I think it's when okay. they lost at home to Kansas State, if I recall correctly, uh, but I could be wrong. They were definitely above 500. So. Yeah. I mean, having watched Tech play a good chunk of this year, I couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree with the line either. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Like, I don't know how Tech's going to get their points scored. Like if this turns into a two touchdown game, that it, it, you can basically just write it off there. Calling yeah, it out, no backdoor. <laughs> it's a it's a lean for me at Tech plus nine and a half. The model says the model says Mississippi State minus nine. So I agree with everything cousin Jared said. Nine is the is the right number. Nine and a half is a solid line. I, I'm leaning towards Tech. So I'm making a pick here on on everything. Just kind of saying where my head's at. 
it's, it's, it's a lot of points in a bowl game and you never know about motivations. So it's one of those things where uh, I know, you know, Leach going against his former team, right? He's motivated. You just never know about the players. It's kind of like what Jack, what your theory was in those early games. I, I just don't know. And so it's one of those where given that my number is so close to the actual number, I just say, I'll just take the points as a lean. It's again, not a pick I really like or have strong reasoning behind. It's just, if I'm picking a side, I'll take. Uh, and, and Leach's motivations, like his storied history of tech behind, like if, if he's able to win this game by 10, He's instead going to win this game by 50. <laughs> right. right. That, that point, not going to matter. Yeah. 10's <laughs> not the important number for Leach. It, it's, right. it's how many can I hang on this? Right. And how much does that going to even translate to the players? Uh, I mean, how yeah. many of these guys, yeah. I, I don't even, like, I'm, I'm going to say this and then we're going to move on. I'm not going to think about it. Were these guys even born when all this drama happened at Tech? I, again, I don't even want to think about how long ago it was. <laughs> we're just going to move. I'm just going to Gosh, I hope there. so. <laughs> we're going to move yeah. on. Uh, Holiday Bowl. 7 p.m. still on the 28th. That is out in beautiful San Diego, NC State, traveling across the country to play UCLA, who has a nice short drive down the coast. Um, Cousin Jared, what is your take on this one? Is it just me, or has any bowl, like, gone down in prestige as much as the Holiday Bowl has? Uh, or is, is that just in my head? It's not just you. I think, I, I think okay. it's right. I've, okay. I've been to a holiday bowl, like back when they were like considered important. Well, it, yeah, they, they used to be the number two pack 12 or maybe pack 10 back then, I guess. Yeah. And the number yeah. two from the big 12. Okay. Number three, okay. I think, but still, I think you're right. You know, yeah. Number three, I guess. And then, yeah. yeah. And well, number three in the years where one got to go to the, I guess one of the BCS type or, mm-hmm. or the cotton bowl or the whatever. Yeah, right? well, yeah it, was, it, it was the, like usually the Fiesta Bowl, number two, I think, went to the Cotton, Cotton Bowl. And Holiday, yeah. 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 And I think the Pac-12, I think, sent their best team, their second best team there behind the Rose Bowl. And mm-hmm. at some point, the Big 12 lost their uh, pull to it. The Pac-12 started sending their best team. And the, the Alamo Bowl is now the old Holiday yeah, Bowl. Pretty the much. Alamo Bowl gets the best non uh, yeah which that tracks because the Alamo Bowl is definitely yeah. you know, the Alamo Bowl up. this year is what the Holiday Bowl used to be. So okay, now. yeah, I didn't know if that was just me because it, you know the Big Twelve is not playing in it any uh, anymore, so I didn't know if it was like I was just biased growing up in Texas and it was like always a good you know a good Texas team coming from you know a good usually a good West Coast team. So I didn't know if it was just me or not. Anyway, I had to ask that. So the game NC State and UCLA, um, I have like this is probably like the one game where I feel like these two teams are like pretty good and i have absolutely no feel like besides the clemson game i don't know how much nc state i watched this year I watched a decent amount of ucla but i have no feel for this game at all and that is the UCLA, end of my analysis. ucla was very dr jekyll mr hyde i feel like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 so I, I want to do an experiment I, I want nc state's flight to san diego to leave at the same time that UCLA gets on the bus and drives down the interstate, and we're going to see which team gets there first. Oh, UCLA gets there first easily. You sure? Yeah, yeah. I don't care what sort of traffic is happening in LA. There's <laughs> enough. There's enough of that drive where there's no traffic that it'll be. That's a long flight. <laughs> it, it, it is, but I, I have spent plenty flight. of time stuck in San Diego traffic. Yeah, that's a long flight. Um, it's a standard pick for me. NC State minus one. The model says three and a half. I think NC State is the better team. The only reason it's not a best bet is because of the fact that when you are traveling across the country like that, 
usually it's gonna it's not gonna have fans there they, they don't send fans to their own yeah. home games so yeah. it's it's not yeah. it's not that there's like a home edge there it's just there is some familiarity some ease of driving down the road versus that cross-country flight so it's just a i don't really know how that's going to affect things otherwise i think nc state's the better team so uh, and again i think they're a better team by about a field goal so um, nc state minus one is a solid play for me um that i like just can't make it a best bet because it's bowl season and, and ucla so all over the place i don't want to have a best <laughs> bet against ucla on or against ucla because i don't know what to make of them uh, last game of that night, the 28th, 9.15 p.m., the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix. And Phoenix, I guess that means this is the one that we're putting in, what's it called now? Whatever the Diamondbacks play in, whatever, Chase Field, Bank One Ballpark. I don't know what it's called. It used anymore. to be Chase. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, West Virginia versus Minnesota. Uh, Cousin Jared. So, like I said in the last podcast, we're rolling out the greatest hits here. I said I was done with West Virginia. I'm still done with West Virginia. All right. I'm not playing. <laughs> still done with West Virginia. Right. Okay. Still but, done with them. Hey, if you're but, done with them in the regular season, you should stay done with them in bowl season. That's yeah. for sure. But I was tempted, and I know this is, you know, a, a big bias because I know Minnesota played much better as the season went along. But, man, that loss at home to Bowling Green, like every time I – think of Minnesota mm-hmm. this season I think of that loss to Bowling Green so uh if if I wasn't done with West Virginia I might be tempted in that direction but yeah I'm just staying away from this one well and, I, and you mentioned I, go for it. you know I was gonna, I'm good I'm a better believer in that West Virginia is no good but I I agree with cousin Jared in that I don't have any idea which Minnesota team is going to show up in Phoenix which is would, ironic for the guaranteed rate bowl. <laughs> I was just there are no mean, guarantees here. Minnesota's it's not just the loss to Bowling Green. It's Minnesota had that really bad loss. Then they look good. And then they had a bad loss. I want to say it was to Northwestern or something. I remember they had oh, a, they yeah. had a, where they start to play well. And then they had a bad loss. Um, and then they start playing well again. And they're kind of up and down. So I, I'm kind of like, y'all, I don't really know what to make of Minnesota. That's why it's a lean for me, Minnesota minus four and a half. The model says six and a half. There's not a lot of value from four and a half to six and a half. The game could obviously land six, especially if it goes to overtime. So I, I think Minnesota is the side that you want to be on. I agree with Jack. I don't think West Virginia is that good. So I think Minnesota is the right side here, but it's not a pick I love, especially with that number, four and a half. You're not really getting any value. So there's no reason to run to the window and lay um, four and a half because it's not really a, a great number uh, in a bowl game here. Wednesday, the 29th, 10 a.m. Central Time, the Fenway Bowl. That'll be in Boston, of course. Virginia versus SMU. Jared, what is your play on this one? So a couple of things here. Number one, SMU has a couple of opt-outs, uh, players getting ready for the NFL, which yeah, obviously lots of the teams like that. But with SMU, I think that's a little bit more, you know, affects the game a little bit more than most because, you know, uh, teams like SMU don't just have, you know, NFL talent up and down the, the roster, right? So I think that's a little outsized effect there. The other thing is, is, uh, you know, uh, Sonny Dykes took the TCU job, left SMU, went to their crosstown rival. I think there's a, a bigger effect on SMU there uh, than one might think. I mean, they even started playing pretty poorly or they, their, their play really went downhill uh, towards the end of the season. You know, 
Yeah, remember we thought that they were going to give Cincinnati a run for their money, and then yeah, that game was over yeah, they, in yeah. five minutes. I mean, yeah, they, they did not. They One did, of the rare times Cincinnati just hammered somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On the so, second half of the season, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dykes was really selling a lot of good stuff there at SMU. I know he had some assistant coaches that were from the Dallas area that were really selling Dallas hard. Um, I, I think a lot of the players that they had recruited were really, really buying into the future there. And then – kind of have that all dropped to go to your crosstown rival, uh, especially some of those assistant coaches, um, I, I think is, I think it was kind of like a, a stab in the back to the SMU players. That's the way they feel. I'm not saying though that's the way it was. I'm saying that's probably how they feel. So I think SMU may come into this game a little dejected. You've got Virginia on the other side, whose coach, I, I'm not sure if he's coaching the bowl game or not. I know he's leaving. I'm not sure if he's yeah, coaching the bowl game, but the exact opposite situation from all the other coaching moves that have happened. He's just basically like, look guys, you know, I don't feel like I'm in a position to give it my all. You know, I have to to step aside. You know, I think it's better for you if there's somebody else here. And you don't see that a lot in coaching, in my opinion. So I think that the, the Virginia players are going to respond much better to their coaching situation than the SMU players are going to respond to theirs. So all of that to say, I'm on Virginia here. Um, I am taking the money line, however. Uh, the line is two and a half, uh, Virginia favored by two and a half. I'm taking the money line, as I alluded to with the Houston-Auburn uh, game. I don't want to take any chances with a, a two-point conversion to go for the win or something like that, uh, something where I get laid two and a half points and, and don't cover. So I'm just going to be safer, take the money line. For me, as of right now, that's minus 139. So that is my official play there. Can I ask a more practical question about this game? How are they going? (laughs) How are they going to put the field in Fenway Park? Because I I pulled up the dimensions for this. They've done this before, but but not in Fenway. I think they've done it in Fenway before. I think they've played. So so they're going to. Well, didn't well they haven't done a bowl game in Fenway yet. Yeah, they haven't done a bowl game. I think they they played regular season college games there. It's tight because they've. they've I pulled up the dimensions. It's it's three ten from home plate to left field and three oh two to right field. So you kind of have to like back up a little bit but but it, you don't have to go all the way to right field because in Finway it jets in really quickly in right field and so i don't know which way they're going i'm just saying if they were to go yeah. that direction you get extra distance as long as you move the field like 10 feet further in you know well in at wrigley it's so tight that they had to only play in one direction right i remember yeah. that with wrigley yes, yes. So, yeah. so if they can make that happen there surely they can find some way to make it work or here. maybe hey. someday we'll figure out this isn't a great idea Hey, if they play only one direction here, then I'm I'm watching that because that's you know must see TV. <laughs> um, yeah, cousin Jared and I will add to what you said. Specifically, SMU has two really good wide receivers who've opted out, account for a large percentage of their receiving yards, and so I think that really matters to SMU's offense. So, I completely agree with you there. I am on Virginia minus two and a half regular pick for me. I am taking. Uh, I'm laying the points because you're doing the money line earlier. We had it flipped. I have a calculator in my system that I have projected out and try to figure out the best edge. It's very tight on this, Mm. depending on which way you want to go. It's a rounding error. So my encouragement for you, the listener is whatever you're more comfortable with. Some people 
are more comfortable laying a little bit more um, to try to guarantee the win. Some people want a little bit better of a payout because of protecting against the loss, right? So it's kind of whatever you're more comfortable with. I think either make a lot of sense, both with the Virginia Gate pick here and then the Houston pick earlier, whether you're dealing with spreads or money lines. Uh, on both cases, I'm uh, taking the better odds. And in both cases, Cousin Jared is taking the higher likelihood of a win. Small trade-offs there in these tight uh, tight lines, but I think Virginia is the right pick for all the reasons that um, Cousin Jared outlined, so I am on them. Uh, sticking with football games in baseball stadiums, the Pinstripe Bowl is the next one on the docket. That's, of course, in New York City, Maryland versus Virginia Tech. Uh, Cousin Jared, what is your pick for us on this one? Official play for me here, I'm taking the under 55 and a half. Um, so, and really no major analysis on this one, but just a lot of turnover on the Virginia Tech roster um, due to the coach leaving. Uh, Maryland, uh, I like. I feel like people know that Maryland's not that great, but like low-key, their offense is really not that good. I think they kind of get a pass because, you know, it used to be the OC at Alabama. So they just, you know, think that, you know, it's, it's, not really his fault his offense is doing well because he showed what he could do at Alabama. I think that, um, you know, the quarterback there gets a little bit of a pass because his brother is Tua. So anyway, what I'm getting at, I think their offense is a little bit overrated. I think there's just a lot of turnover on the offense for Virginia Tech. So, and who knows, it's played in New York, maybe get some bad weather. I have no idea what the weather's going to be like this far out, but maybe get some bad weather there. Uh, so I feel pretty good about the under 55 and a half here. I'm looking at Maryland, Virginia Tech and thinking about how that game is going to look and just just off of reputation alone, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, my, my first thought is this is a great ACC basketball game. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, under, under the radar, low key, low key. Yeah. Except Maryland's yeah. not in the ACC anymore. But, you know, yeah. But yeah. besides that, yeah. Yeah, um, I am taking Virginia Tech plus three and a half standard pick for me. So I'm going to use some of that same logic I talked about previously. Virginia Tech has a lot of opt-outs. Before those opt-outs, the line was about a pick them, and my model said Virginia Tech minus two and a half. So at that number, I said I liked Virginia Tech. Now we know about the opt-outs. The line is up to Virginia Tech plus three and a half. So if I do the same movement, I think now the line should be about a pick them. I think I'm getting good value. I'm getting the hook, which I like. I just can't get over the fact that I don't think Maryland's any good. So I totally understand about the whole Virginia Tech opt-out situation. They have a lot of people who are potentially not playing in this game, but but Maryland, it's, it's almost like the West, uh, Western Michigan, Nevada thing. Maryland is not a team um, that I think you want to be backing. And so standard pick for me, Virginia Tech plus three and a half. If it's ugly and low scoring, I like that I'm getting the field goal and the hook on that game. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first, if Maryland screws us up, it wouldn't be the first time they've had, say, like six turnovers in one half. Yeah. <laughs> still, oh, better, still better about that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sticking with uh, Wednesday, December 29th, 4.45 p.m. Central Time, the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. What the Cheez-It Bowl in Phoenix? What, I swear the Cheez-It Bowl. I, there might have been sponsor. one year where there were two Cheez-It Bowls. There might have been. I mean, those guys have a lot of commercials. Well, there, right? One year was like the, the TCU bowl game that was like 9-6 to six or 6-3 to three yeah. when nobody had a yeah. quarterback, right? I, yeah, mm. I thought that was I thought Phoenix that was the Redbox Bowl. You know, no, no, box. it was the Cheez-It Bowl. It was the Cheez-It Bowl, okay. I, anyway. I mean, Cheez-Its Cheez are in a red box. I mean, well, then, true. Yeah, there you yeah. go. go. Cheez-It Bowl, Orlando, Florida, <laughs> Iowa State versus Clemson. Hey, it's it's our favorite segment, talking out of Clemson. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So I was this close to backing Clemson. Then I realized I've done horrible on Clemson this year. So I, I'm done. I'm not going to talk you out of it. That's the way that I would lean to, if, if that's where you're headed. That's where I would lean to, but I just – I'm, I'm, I've done too bad on Clemson. I've learned my lesson. Final podcast of the season. I'm, I'm staying away. 
Right. Hey, 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 Professor, is is this game at Jack Trice Stadium in Ames, Iowa? It is not. Then go full Clemson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Official pick for me. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lay the one point, which barely matters at this point. Go, 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 Clemson. Because, I mean, Iowa State was a semi decent team, but they were particularly bad on the road. They lost a and, lot of close games. Yeah, and and they, they won, can lose another close game. And, and, they, and they won a few close games that should not have been close. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, I. I, I trust Clemson a lot more than I trust Iowa State in this game. Also, Hall is out for Iowa State, so I yeah. don't see how you back them in this game. That makes no sense. Best bet for me, Clemson minus one. I've done great with Clemson, as we talked about. I was kind of bouncing around, taking them, fading them. For the most part, I think the only one at the end of the season I missed on Clemson was that game against uh, UMass, where UMass like returned or UConn. It was one of those teams returns the opening kick for a touchdown, and that's what cost the cover. Um, otherwise I've yep. done, I've done great with Clemson. So I think this is a great spot for them. I think Iowa state without hall is not very good. Um, Iowa state fans will travel very well. So if you're not aware of that listener, True. take note that they will travel. I'm not sure if Clemson fans will, I know Clemson is a great famous. I just don't know, given yep. that they've consistently been in the playoff. I just don't know. I, I'm not tuned into their fan base. So I don't know if they will travel there. So there might be a lot of Iowa state fans there. I just don't think it's going to matter. I think Clemson um, is the right side to be on. My model says minus three, and that's not accounting for the fact that Hall isn't in this game. So to me, there's a lot to like with Clemson and I'm laying that point uh, best bet with them. Breathe, breathe a sigh of relief Clemson because your season is almost over. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, last game of the night, Wednesday, December 29th, the Alamo bowl in San Antonio, Oregon versus Oklahoma. I guess this is OU versus OU. So pick the OU that you want or pick none of the OUs, I guess. <laughs> Cousin Jerry. Isn't Oregon UO? Yeah, I don't know. Now you're ruining my narrative. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just talking about narrative, I'm going to start calling this New Holiday Bowl. So, New Holiday Bowl. So, New Holiday Bowl here. If you think you know what's going to happen in this game, good luck to you because I have no idea what to expect from either team in this situation. I feel like Oklahoma has more talent at the positions that really matter than Oregon does. But, man, you just like, and I guess I'm, I'm thinking mainly uh, offensively. And but if I don't want to pretend like I know how Oklahoma's going to react to not having Lincoln Riley not calling the plays for the first time in a long time. So if this was like less than three, maybe you could talk me into Oklahoma. But at the current number, this is a complete stay away. I I have no idea what to expect in this game. And I don't know if it's going to be like I have no idea what to expect. Like it's going to be a good game, crazy game. I have it, it could be an awful game. I, I have no idea what to expect with this one. Here's my hot take. San Antonio is a better location for a bowl game than San Diego. Oh, that depends on where you're from. For a bowl game. Like, there's, there's, there's things to do in San Diego, but if you want just, like, a nice scene where you get a bunch of college football fans together, go out on the Riverwalk, have a decent chance of good weather. I've, I've been to several many Alamo Bowls, and mm-hmm. yes, when there are fans at the Alamo Bowl, which they typically do attract because they typically get a couple of good teams and or closer teams. But yeah, when there's a lot of fans, that Riverwalk is a lot is a lot of fun, uh, just decked out in the colors of the teams. I mean, yeah. Riverwalk's a, a fun place for a bowl game for sure. But but more pertinent to these two teams, is this the first time OU, Oklahoma and Oregon have met since that like 06 onside kick? It was touched by Oregon, but wasn't really touched by Oregon fiasco. 
Am yeah. I dating myself by remembering that game of, of all games? My memory is spotty. I don't remember that game at all. Uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, 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 as an Oklahoma State fan, that was a big deal to us at the time because it was like, ha ha, oh, you got r- robbed by the refs and lost. Yeah. That must, I, w- I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, we didn't know what to do with Oklahoma on a good day. Right. Yeah. And, and right. Riley's gone. They're playing a team that we also didn't know what to do with on a good day. I, I, I'm hoping both teams score 70. I don't think that's <laughs> off the table. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this one. Either. Yeah, that, that's that's possible in the yeah. new Holiday Bowl. That is possible. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, the, the spread is four and a half. My model says Oklahoma minus five and a half. So I lean OU. It's not a good number at four and a half for sure. I think Oklahoma is the better team, so it's the side I'd rather be on. But like I said, it is a lean, not a lot of confidence mm-hmm. there. Both of these teams are very sporadic, and I don't really know what's going to happen. Both of them having, you know, new coaches. There's a lot that could happen in this game, and it wouldn't surprise me. So this is not one that I feel like, per my, personally, I would not recommend a decent amount of your bankroll on this game. If you want some action on it, like I said, I think I'll use the side to be on, but it's not one that I – I, I can recommend strongly. Thursday, December 30th, 10.30 a.m., Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. Before we get to this game, I do want to ask if any of y'all saw uh, at the end of the Potato Bowl, uh, the winning coach gets dumped with <laughs> yes. a container of French fries. French fries. And the oh, no. Potato Bowl's Twitter account tweeted that video and said duke's mayo you're up next yeah i don't like where this is going so (laughs) so i didn't catch that part of it but i did see that the the duke's mayo bowl account was saying that they are doing their dump test today so i i do think that this may be a thing that they will attempt to get to happen there better be there better be a fridge or something there because i don't want to be anywhere near like a gatorade bucket of mayonnaise that's been sitting on a field for four hours oh, i mean it's oh. just so bad it's so bad oh. <laughs> anyway, on to the football game we've got north carolina's about a nine point favorite uh cousin jared okay this game could get a little spicy north carolina south carolina you can definitely see how the game might get a little bit chippy here but who knows this this game may be terrible and you know the dumping of the mayo may be the best part of it um so up until a couple days ago this was going to be a south carolina play for me and then i went and saw the list of opt-outs for south carolina and maybe second only to to auburn they have a lot of opt-outs now are all of those players as important as the ones from auburn i'm not quite sure apologies i don't know the south carolina roster that well but it was a enough to give me pause on this and say that I'm, I'm not going to play it again. There was a lengthy list of opt-outs to South Carolina and I don't know them well enough to know how much that will affect them. So this is, this is a stay away for me. I mean, it has the opportunity to be like a fantastic bowl game. You've got, you've got both directional Carolinas in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So prime opportunity for a lot of fans to show up, assuming that they actually care about this game. Uh, the South Carolina fans are going to show up. They're extremely happy to be in a bowl. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Like, I don't remember the last time North Carolina, South Carolina played. You, you could convince me that it was last year, and I believe you. It, oh, it there was, we go. It was 2019. That, yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Yeah. They opened no, up the season. They, it was a Thursday night game. They surprisingly yeah. don't play that often. Yeah. They played four times in the last 30 years. Wow. 
Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's reasons for people to care, but like, as Jared alluded to, the players don't. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to put anything on this. Um, so I, I'm going to, my model says North Carolina minus seven. Uh, I'm going to lean South Carolina plus nine. Uh, again, not a pick I love here. Here's my thought on the opt-outs. I think it's important to note how important the player is and how much better he is in the backup. Now, that's really hard to know in so many cases. We're making a lot of assumptions. In the case of, of Auburn, right, I think what we're seeing is good players who are probably going to get drafted into the NFL. So we know they're good. And they might have good backups, but we kind of have to assume that at least one or two of them doesn't. And there's a decent drop off in talent there with South Carolina's opt outs. I don't know if that's the case. And again, I'm like you, Jared, I don't know the roster specifically. I don't know their depth chart. I don't know how good the backups are. So that's just food for thought for you, the listener, the opt outs of South Carolina, I feel like, and I could be wrong on this, but I don't think they are quite the same caliber as those of Auburn. And so I'm a little bit less nervous about it. I think there's a better chance that the backups at South Carolina are going to be more comparable to the starters than at a place like Auburn. It's hard to know exactly how true that is. So I don't have a lot enough confidence in that to say that I love the South Carolina pick. I'm just saying, I think there's a lot of points Again, in a situation where it's hard to know what the motivations will be, North Carolina came into the season as a top 10 team, as a, they might, you know, North Carolina was supposed to be the team that might come out of the ACC and be the surprise team to make the playoff that turned into Pittsburgh, right? Uh, if, if Clemson was faltering, it was supposed to be North Carolina that was supposed to come out of that. And so I, I just don't know about motivations and things like that. So I think it's a lot of points. So I lean towards South Carolina just because if it's a tight game, who knows what's going to happen? So I think that's, the smarter side, but it's not one I love because I don't know enough about the opt-outs either. Uh, still Thursday, December 30th, 2 p.m., the Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee, Purdue versus Tennessee. I am giving Tennessee one point for home field advantage here. Knoxville is on the other end of the state, but there will be a lot of Tennessee fans at that game. Uh, Cousin Jared, what is your play for us here? Yeah, talk about teams that are excited to be in a bowl game. I know the Tennessee fans are ecstatic to be in a bowl game after what they probably thought their season was going to be like at, at the beginning of the year. So uh, for me, uh, I'm going back to the to the Jack special here. I'm, I'm taking the under 64 and a half right here, rooting team no points right here. How did this get uh, named after me? Oh, because apparently you're, you're the one most bothered by it. So I'll call it the Jack special. <laughs> Especially during bowl season. I, I, I do Thanks, cousin Jared. I do understand your point, though. Wishing for low-scoring games and bowl games is the antithesis of, of what I'm really interested in. But when I see value, you know, you see value here. So, but the, the real reason for this is um, Purdue has two receivers opting out and they are both really good receivers. It was clearly like, okay, yeah, Ohio State has the best wide receiver tandem in the Big Ten, but Purdue wasn't too far below them. These two guys were really, really good. Uh, and their big wins this year with, against Iowa and Michigan State, these guys just absolutely went off without having both those receivers there. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult on their Purdue offense to get anything going. Um, so, you know, I would probably endorse a play on Tennessee as well, uh, but I feel uh, safer with the under here. So official play for me, I'm going the under 64 and a half. Yeah. And, and, and a similar spirit, Jared, in, in order to beat Tennessee, you either need to a be Georgia or B or B score a lot of points and with those guys gone from Purdue, I don't know if they have the horses necessary to keep up mm. in, in a track meet against the likes of a Tennessee 
especially since they're playing what is essentially a home game. So, so official play for me, I'm going to lay the four and a half with Tennessee and I'm going to be kicking and screaming for every Purdue touchdown they score that day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Best bet for me, Tennessee minus four and a half. I don't love the number, but I just don't see how Purdue scores enough in this game to hang in there with Tennessee. Uh, I think that uh, Tennessee is probably still the better team even without that and just not knowing exactly how much that's going to affect Purdue's offense, knowing it's going to affect it, but just not to the extent that it's going to affect it. I think Tennessee's the right side to be on. And so I'm going to um, push my chips to the middle with Tennessee and assume that they can take care of, <laughs> take care of Purdue there, uh, like you said, in, in a pseudo home game. Uh, the Peach Bowl, December 30th, 6 p.m. That's in Atlanta is Pittsburgh, Michigan State. Talk about key opt-outs. This game's got it. Yeah. Official play for me here, under 55. Who's <laughs> scoring in this game? Who's yeah. going to be on the field at the skill positions for these teams? So, you know, uh, Pickett opted out, and, and then obviously Walker opted out for, for Michigan State. I think the – and the thing that – Michigan State's offense played – better this year but Walker was such a big part of that and I think the the other thing that I think about when I think of Michigan State and we talked about this a lot at the beginning of the season is they were generating explosive plays on offense well if Walker's gone and then maybe even more importantly losing the potential play action pass game without having Walker back there I, I, you can't convince me that the defense is going to respect the run as much without Walker back there so I, I think that you know not only losing Walker but I think losing that play action game is going to have a big effect on the game as well I, I this is one of those things like maybe this there's some crazy way that this game goes over, but like, I, I think that you just couldn't live with yourself if you didn't take this over just based on the amount of offensive talent that's going to be on the sideline for this game. Take, so again, take the under. Yeah, excuse me, excuse me, the, the under 55 here, just because there's so much offensive talent on the sidelines, uh, not playing for both these teams. So official play for me here, I'm taking the under 55. Again, very key number, probably wouldn't take it below that, but I like the under at 55. Jared's serving up a lot of Jack specials tonight, but this is one I can't argue with. <laughs> yeah, I, this, I, I, I like it too. Yeah, th this might end up being a very retro-like bowl game. Like everyone runs for three yards, you punt 12 times, you go home. Hopefully it's we, at least a little more exciting than that. Hey, we can only hope is what <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I am taking Michigan State minus two and a half standard pick uh, for me. Pittsburgh also has their best cornerback out. Michigan State also has their wide receivers healthy. And I think that matters because when Michigan State's offense was more up and down as the season went along, it was because their wide receiver crew was banged up in and out, that sort of thing. When they've been healthy at the receiver position, their offense has done better, and they do rely on the big play, but they're able to get those big plays. And that hasn't happened since the Michigan game where they've had a full, healthy set of wide receivers with Pittsburgh's best cornerback out. I think that matters. So I think Michigan State's the right side to be on because of that. But I do agree with Jared. I do like the end of 55. I think it's going to be hard for both of these teams to score. But I think that Michigan State offers some value, especially at two and a half, because of being under the key number, obviously, of three. I think that uh, Pittsburgh is going to have a harder time with their new look offense than Michigan State will with theirs, because at least getting those receivers back, I think, helps them out a lot. Then closing out to December the 30th, 9.30 p.m., the Las Vegas Bowl, uh, Arizona State versus Wisconsin. Uh, the Las Vegas Bowl, if I remember correctly, used to be one of the games that aired on the first Saturday of bowl games 
and our, our, our boy Brent Musburger used to be on the call there out in Las Vegas and used mm-hmm. to just always, you know, drop in about he, something with the total or the spread or that sort of thing. He, he was living his best life for sure. Living oh, his yeah. best life for <laughs> sure. And then I, I think that I, I guess now that the Bulls moved out of UNLV stadium and into the fancy NFL stadium, I guess now it's got prime billing in his you know, a, a more important bowl game than it, than it used to be. So I guess we've, we've lost that fun. Um, but either way, Arizona state is playing Wisconsin. Uh, Jack, you got a fun nugget for us here. I, I actually do. Cause I back thinking about the history here. Like I remember like back when I was in high school, the university of New Mexico made the Las Vegas bowl. And I think they went up against like army or somebody and got, got destroyed. But in that game, um, Katie Nida for UNM was the first kicker to appear in a D1 football game or first female, first female to appear in a D1 football game. There we go. Not first kicker though. I've seen plenty of people pretending to be kickers. (laughs) So, so going from that step to having teams like Arizona state, Wisconsin, is it, it, well, yeah, agreed though. I'm going to pass on the opportunity for Wisconsin to disappoint me one more time. (laughs) I feel like Wisconsin wasn't as bad to me as they as they were to others. I feel like it was kind of like Clemson, right? I feel like I kind of figured out Wisconsin <laughs> as the season went along. Uh, my model makes this Wisconsin minus eight. That's without knowledge that Arizona State has lost their top two running backs. Uh, their offense was geared around running the ball. They yep. do have a third guy who has had some carries, but they don't have anyone behind him that does. So now if they're going to use multiple running backs, it's guys who haven't carried the ball all season, or they're going from a system where they used three different guys and now it's just one. I don't really know how that's going to affect it. So my model said Wisconsin by more than a touchdown and now Arizona State's offense has to have a whole makeover. I think Wisconsin is a great play here, especially under a touchdown. So because it's six and a half, that's a best bet for me, Wisconsin minus six and a half at that number. Once it gets up to seven, I definitely like it a little bit less there. New Year's Eve, 10 a.m., the Tax Slayer Bowl in Jacksonville. This was going to be Texas A&M Wake Forest. I I guess I'm glad that we're doing the pod today, and so we can talk about tonight. We can talk about this as opposed to having it yesterday. And of course, now I with how things are going in the world, I, I worry, what if we were recording tomorrow night? What other game is going right. <laughs> to yeah. change this in? But yeah. it was going to be Texas A&M. We were going to talk about, hey, is, is A&M's quarterback uh, King going to come actually play or is it going to be a walk-on freshman? We were going to talk about that. As it is, it appears that Rutgers is going to take Texas A&M's place. And boy, if you're Wake Forest, you just went from – Playing a Texas A&M team who had a lot of opt-outs and a quarterback transferring, uh, maybe a 50-50 type toss-up game, and now you get to play Rutgers to get your bowl win. That's quite a Christmas present if you're Wake Forest. Yeah, and I I had probably the most nuanced breakdown of an AM game that I had all season with this because I knew all the opt-outs. I could tell you, you know, the depth charts. I felt like I had really good insight there. And then COVID just said, hold my beer. So, yeah. you know, I <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so we'll have to wait for next season for that for that really great AM breakdown for you to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's the, the next bowl season when they have all their opt-outs and I can break down their second and third string. Um right. so 
Uh, Wake Forest and Rutgers. I don't know if they can make this line high enough. We don't know what his line is uh, right now. I haven't seen what one is. I can't imagine that I wouldn't lay the points with Wake Forest. Uh, not only because, you know, Wake Forest has been practicing everything. I saw already on Twitter that like the, the Rutgers semester goes longer than most. So like the, the football players have been on campus, like, you know, working out, but not necessarily, you know, game prep and, and everything. So if, that's one reason I don't think you can make this line high enough. The other reason is, is I feel like Rutgers, plays their best when they're in games with teams that like like to have a dog fight so you know michigan they they hung around with michigan for a little while they hung around with penn state for a little while mostly because penn state and michigan like to play ugly games uh that is not wake forest they will not be able to keep up with wake forest even you know all all everything else going on you know preparation aside they would not be able to you know uh, keep up with wake forest so doubly so in this scenario so i don't know what they would make this line i saw you said on twitter you know maybe like 17 or something like that maybe that's a 20 17 points, lay it, if that's what it is. I'd I'd do it. So anyway, you know, everybody, you know, wait and see what the what the line is but that, that's just my initial thoughts is i feel like this is a great spot for wake and, and, and wake still has nine days to prepare for this game like if yeah which is why they set like the friday deadline because if this had taken forever like right. like the longer it took the bigger disadvantage wake was going to be at because like they didn't know who they're going to be playing and, and the bigger disadvantage and, whoever played them would be yeah. at as well It'd just now, be wonky for everybody yeah yep. and i'm, I'm going to do jared one better because in the like four hours between AM getting kicked out and Rutgers getting put in, I was starting to build an argument for why Texas A&M should be replaced by Texas. <laughs> and I just wanted to go through all of that and just watch Jared's soul bleed out through his shoes. <laughs> well, well, I, I, my first thought was they should be replaced by one of the FCS teams that just lost their playoff games. That's who so, I wanted. So speaking, who of I wanted that, to see. speaking of that, someone tweeted that, um, you know, the rules do not say it has to be an FBS school. So someone tweeted at the James Madison coach who just lost this last weekend. It was like, you guys up for it. And the coach is like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I, I'm, I, I'd have to look at my numbers. I don't really, I don't, I don't even know how I'd peg an FCS team, but I have to imagine that James Madison and Rutgers aren't that different. Like Rutgers oh, is gosh. probably a little bit better, but probably not by, not by much. much. No. I mean, it's probably pretty small. Like I, I, that has September upset special it, written on it. Yeah, if, if, if James Madison and Rutgers were playing, like I feel like I'd make Rutgers like a yeah. six-point favorite, maybe at a neutral, at yeah. a neutral site. And and given that James Madison has been playing, uh, and what and Rutgers hasn't, like maybe not, maybe three, right? So <laughs> it wouldn't have been crazy. Um, yeah, I, my model says Wake minus thirteen, but given the spot, uh, I, again, we don't know what the line is, so I'm going to try to do my best to, to advise you, the listener, how I would play this. Um, Anything under three touchdowns, I think Wake is a solid play. I can't make it a best bet, I, and I will make a pick, and I will tweet it out uh, my Twitter handle whenever there's a, a line for this. I can't make it a best bet because I, I just can't in good conscience say best bet to lay that many points in a bowl game because you just never know. Right. But Rutgers hasn't been practicing. Wake has. Wake's motivated. They don't have any opt-outs that I know of. Um, they want to be here. They want to get this win. I They throw haymakers. I mean, they're not – sometimes laying points – a lot of points in the bowl game is scary, especially with a defensive minded team or team that likes to run the ball. But I mean, Wake's just going to air it out and just yeah. try to score as much as possible. So, I mean, yeah. if it's Wake minus 14, Wake, yeah, I'd love Wake minus 14. I'd be thrilled at that. If it's Wake minus 17, if it's Wake minus 19, I still think it's the right side. It seems like a big number for a bowl, but you don't typically see 10 win teams versus five win teams in bowl games. So yeah. it seems big because it's a really wonky situation, especially in today's era. 
Yep. Right. Back when we were kids, you know, bowl games had different ties in the way they did it. You routinely saw ugly bowl games that had 14, mm-hmm. 20 point spreads. They don't do that anymore with the way it's set up for, I think, the betterment of our enjoyment. Um, but this one, because of circumstances, is going to be an ugly game. So I think Wake is the only side you want to be at. If the line comes out as something in the 20s, I'll have to <laughs> what to do with that because that would just be yeah. a little crazy. But so means under 20, I think Wake is the, the, the right side here. Um, uh, still on New Year's Eve, 1130 a.m., the Sun Bowl out in El Paso, Washington State versus uh, Miami. This line was Miami minus three. It's around a pick now. Apparently, this is a nugget, Jack, that, that you helped us find here. Apparently, like some of the team, all of the team, I don't really yeah. know. It's early. The, the, of Miami's in COVID protocols. Yeah, the university is or has just announced that the Miami football team is currently undergoing COVID protocols. They have not specified mm-hmm. for whom yeah. or even what those are. Yeah. Um, but it, by all accounts, sounds like it's at minimum going to delay their arrival into El Paso if not prevent it altogether. And so, who knows who would be out if that was the situation. Mm-hmm. This is a, yeah. this is a, so, a, so I, I was going to question Miami's motivation for going out to El Paso on New Year's Eve even before this, but th- this is obviously a hard stay away until we get more information. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I think it's the motivation question. I mean, like we talked about before, if you're playing in this game, you're playing because it's your last year and you want to go out on top, you're playing for a job with, you know, a new coach coming in, something like that. So I, I'm less worried about the motivation factor there. I'm more worried about, I don't know who's going. Um, so it's, it's a hold for me right now. No lean, no pick, no nothing. Uh, if we know more, I might tweet something out about this one, but until we know more, um, this one, I'm, I'm a little surprised, just my, my two senses. I'm a little surprised they rushed to throw Rutgers into the Gator Bowl simply because it feels like if you'd have waited another day or two, you might end up with Miami out in Washington State needing someone to play, and you could just head to Washington State play Wake Forest. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, obviously. We will see um, what comes of that situation, and we'll update you on Twitter about that. Uh, New Year's Eve, 1 p.m., the Arizona Bowl, that's in Tucson. Boise State versus Central Michigan. Uh, Boise State is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Jack, are you crazy enough to, to pick on or against Boise State? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I am not. I, I have, it's, it's my New Year's resolution. There you go. There you go. Jared, Jared I feel like you've, have you, you've learned your lesson on Boise State as well. Is that, is that yeah, remember, I just said I'm done with all the top Mountain West teams, which thankfully I was because I said um, I wanted to take Fresno State and they didn't cover. So yeah. good thing I stayed away from them. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, I have no real feel for this game. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say lean Central Michigan simply because it's seven and a half. And as we've talked about, I don't really know the motivation for either one of these teams. I don't know who's showing up. It's over a touchdown. I think you got a little bit of value there with points because anything can happen in this game and it wouldn't surprise me. So you, you can't love anything involving a Boise uh, team, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I think I think at this one, you know, you're betting numbers, not teams. And the number seems like there's probably some value there at plus seven and a half. But just a lean for me on Central Michigan there. Nothing that I love. Getting to the fun games now. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Cotton Bowl, 2.30 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Playoff game number one in Arlington, Texas, my backyard. Will not be there at this one, though. Uh, Cincinnati versus Alabama. Alabama is a whopping 13-and-a-half-point favorite. 
Uh, Jared, what is your play for playoff game number one? Official play for me here. Let's go with the under 58. 58 is a key number there. So uh, like it at 58, like it a lot less below that. Although I may play this one all the way down to, to 55, depending on you know what number you see or if you want to play it closer to the game. Um, I don't think Alabama is going to score a ton of points, relatively speaking, in this game. But I have zero faith in the Cincinnati offense just kind of based on how we've seen them play up and down all year just some of those games that they've played it just really gives you pause at what they might be able to do or what they won't be able to do potentially against the the Alabama defense so uh, I am playing the under 58 here usually I say that you know these are key numbers go grab it right now but personally I, I feel decent about this all the way down to 55 so feel great at 58 even if you had taken it at 55 I might do it there um, but yeah this this under 58 I I, I just don't see how Cincinnati scores enough points yeah so uh, official play for me I think we're all going different directions on this one. I'm going we to are. lay the 13 and a half points for Bama. Similar to what Jared argued, like I don't know if Cincinnati will score much at all against this Bama defense. And also this is like, th this is where Saban has made like a nice killing in the semifinals of these playoffs. Get the one seed, get True. in the four seed that limped in and then just beat the tar out of them. Unless they're Ohio State, in which case, lose to them. <laughs> He's not hey, good on that, too. Teams from the state of Ohio and, may be giving problems. Yeah. <laughs> Something I, to think I, about. We'll, 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 we'll find <laughs> out. But, but that, that Notre Dame test for Cincinnati was a long time ago. It was a long and, time ago. And, and they haven't really lived up to that Notre Dame game since. And, and Bama is, of course, a much different animal. But Houston's solid. Solid, yes, you know, but not Bama. Well, and 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 one thing I would also add on on this is because I, I neglected to mention it earlier. So you know, Alabama has one of their really good receivers out. He got hurt in the SEC championship game, and Cincinnati has a couple of defensive backs that are going to be playing on Sundays. They're they're really good. So I I, I just I, I still agree with with what Jack just said. I just don't see how. I just don't see how this plays out for Cincinnati, even if they keep Alabama scoring down. And so I, I, I make that three. I, I do like the under in this game. That's not my pick. My official pick, Cincinnati plus 13 and a half. Uh, the model is Alabama minus eight. My model is always like two points off on Alabama. I don't really know why. Um, it's been like that since the dawn of time. It seems like, because I feel like Saban's mm -hmm. been there since the dawn of time. I know that's not yes. true, but man, that just feels that way. So yeah. if even if I make that manual adjustment, I make this Bama minus 10, there's value at Cincinnati plus 13 and a half. And look, I, 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 I understand after my next pick too, look, I understand that the playoff semifinals are like 60 some odd percent of them are blowouts and boring. And we might be in for that. Absolutely. And if so, then we're going to have to find a way to delete what I'm about to say <laughs> from the record. All right. I'm sorry to do that. Who edits the podcast? It's a, it's, yeah. Yeah, they, they, well, I edit when it goes up after that. I, it's too much work for me. You know, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that technologically savvy here, but, but look, I'm going to do my best Stephen A. Smith right here without the actual voice, but look, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that, but, but look, look, you can't say, I mean, you can't, I guess. You shouldn't say 
you know, Cincinnati is not better than Georgia. Look what Bama did to Georgia. So Bama's just going to look. If we're, if, we're, if we're going that route, then why are we playing the games? Bama's already won the national right. championship, right? So, so right. to me, I just, I, I, I feel like, yes, I, I see what Bama did against Georgia. That was extremely impressive. We all thought Georgia was the best team in the country. I still think Georgia's the best team in the country. And I'm not saying that Bama won't go out and make this game ugly, but look, we can't just sit here and say, oh, Bama's just going to roll again because that's what Bama does because it's so, why, why are we playing this? And we know Bama doesn't win every year. In fact, they don't even win every other year really on average, right? So I, I'm not saying they won't win. I'm not saying they won't win the championship. I'm just saying I feel like people are writing off a Cincinnati team that is better than the name on their jersey. And so I think there's value at 13 and a half. Because while this could be a close game and it could be a blowout, I think there are enough scenarios where Bama wins this game by 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 in that ballpark, 13, since you're getting 13 and a half, in that range where now you've got good value at Cincy plus 13 and a half. That's not going to happen all the time, but there's enough outcomes, I think, there that make this a, a valuable play. Obviously, ignoring the cases where it's a tight, fun game, which is always what we're hoping for and ignoring the case of our being kills it. Yeah, kind of building on what you just said, and I don't want to give away a national championship pick here. We don't know what the game's going to be yet. But mm-hmm. I think that the Alabama game against Georgia was one of the bigger outliers from Alabama's season. And I would be, you know, I would be hard-pressed to, if everybody's reacting to that Alabama win over Georgia the way that I think they are, the way that these lines have, I, I I can't imagine a scenario where I would be on their side against the spread in, in the national championship game. Yeah, yep, I agree. I agree. The other semifinal game, the Orange Bowl, 630. That's out in Miami, of course. Georgia versus Michigan. Georgia is an eight-point favorite here. Uh, Cousin Jared. Jim Harbaugh and Kirby Smart I'm talking to you right now. All of their friends <laughs> who listen to this podcast, copy the link, send it to them in an email. It's the email account they actually check, not the one they ignore. And let them watch this. Don't do what you want to do. I know that y'all want this to be like 13 to 10. <laughs> but we don't, don't want that. <laughs> no, we don't want that. We want this to be fun and entertaining and exciting. Don't do what you want to do. Make yourself uncomfortable. Try something new. Go a little crazy. Let the, let the horses out of the barn. Yeah, yeah. Don't just run into the line of scrimmage three straight times and then punt it, please. Um, but but I, I really think this has a chance to be a really exciting game. To me, this feels like... Um, the the you know nine six Alabama LSU game except more fun like better I don't, better so, offenses yeah better offenses like I, I think this is going to be more exciting so I'm really excited about this game I think it's going to be great I can't believe I'm saying this I I'm I'm excited that Michigan made the the playoff you know it's good to have yeah. a new big name team in there um so yeah I, I'm really excited and again guys just don't don't do what you want to do make this a fun game don't make it terrible <laughs> <laughs> my hunch is they're not going to hear that message unfortunately. Probably not. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe we can play it on the Jumbotron at, at, at the Orange Bowl. I don't know how much money that would cost, but it's, a, it's an amount of money none of us. Is that out of our budget? <laughs> yeah. It's out of, way yeah. out of our budget. Ah, <laughs> oh. no, I mean, I mean, if you think back to like the Michigan Ohio State game, like that was fun. That was that was a lot of fun. I, I would I would accept an encore of that. The difference is that uh, Ohio State's strengths are the opposite of Georgia's strengths is the issue that Ohio State, uh, very, very, very good offense. Georgia, very, very, very good defense. Okay, apart from that. Apart from that, yeah, otherwise it's the same. 
Um, I, I'm taking Michigan plus eight. Um, the model says Georgia minus six. I think there's some value there because it's over a touchdown. Uh, seven feels right. I think if this line gets to seven, I think that's right where it should be. I think Georgia's about to touch down better. So I think there's value because if it lands right at seven, I'm, I'm winning with Michigan. Michigan's been good to me most of the season. Um, so I don't really see why um, I should get off of that train. Again, it, it I feel like these games are similar in that we could see both of the SEC teams blowing the other teams out of the water here. But to some extent, I just, I think, and I, I, I could be wrong, but let's go, let, let's, let's talk about the narrative of the semifinal games are blowouts. Okay. Because I think that's what's driving these numbers up. Because again, in reality, I think this should be Bama minus 10 and Georgia minus seven. I think those are solid numbers at that point the narrative of the semifinals are below let's look let's look back at those teams some of those Oklahoma teams had some major flaws that were not able to be exploited by the big 12 teams Notre Dame that season they made it we knew was a really bad team when semifinals have been bad for the most part it's been because there's been three really good teams and one team that was like well we have to put somebody else yeah I mean I think about I think about two years ago Baylor played Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. And if Baylor had won that game, they were in line to make the playoff. That Baylor team had no offense. It would have been miserable. Oklahoma wins yeah. that game. In, Oklahoma won the game. A Baylor team that had no offense and no quarterback in that game. That was when Brewer was on zero legs, negative one legs. I mean, that yeah. kid had taken every hit which direction possible, didn't know which way was up, right? Baylor's throwing in true freshman quarterbacks and they take Oklahoma to overtime. And you think Oklahoma is going to do something against LSU. Come on. What, what did you expect was going to happen people? So to me, Michigan is a very good football team. Cincinnati is a very good football team. And I just don't think they have the same issues that the three and four seats have had in years past to make these games blow out. I could be completely wrong. They could both be blowouts because the sec is really good at football. We know this. So I hope that that's not the case, but I just, I hope it's not my heart telling me that this year is different and that at least one, if not both of these games are going to stay interesting and entertaining. And I think there's value taking the points, uh, not saying either team's going to win outright, but I just think that, that they can keep it close. So I, I like Cincinnati, I like Michigan, just because there's a lot of points. New Year's Day, 11 a.m. Outback Bowl in Tampa, Arkansas versus Penn State. Cousin Jared, what is your take on this one? So when this line opened, I was hoping that I would be able to get a field goal with Arkansas, and the line has kept moving and kept moving and kept moving, and it's all the way down to a pick em now. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out why that's the case, and I, I guess let's have one of my thought exercises. I haven't done this in a while. This is free response. All right, oh, yes, yes. And, okay. Yes, so just an, answer as you see, Abel. When, when, when you think of Penn State this year, what's the first game that you think of? Iowa. Okay. I was going to say Michigan. Mm, okay. I was going to say Illinois. Um, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That All was right. the like, that was the one you loved. It was that like nine yeah. time game or whatever that was. That was, yeah. so, I, I tried yeah. to block that from my memory. That was so stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was entertaining, but it was stupid yeah. at the same time. Okay. And so what's the first game that you think of when you think of Arkansas? Probably Texas for me, but Texas was the first that came to my mind, but I was thinking the Bama game, which was really low scoring. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so I, I thought of Texas, obviously thought of the A&M game when, when they beat us, when we were highly ranked. And I also thought about the Ole Miss game, the 52, 51 or whatever, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. 
That was anyway, a one on like a failed two point conversion or something, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. where I'm going with this was, I think this line movement is more about people basically have negative connotations around Penn State and mostly positive connotations yeah. around Arkansas. And, and it makes it makes total sense because what you're talking about is Arkansas beating Texas, Arkansas beating A&M, Arkansas yeah. hanging in. I don't know. I think they lost like the Ole Miss, but hanging in. The yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they um, lost by one. Yeah. And, and Arkansas hanging in with Alabama. Yeah. Which is yeah. obviously a good feat, right? As opposed to Penn State, where you're talking about losing, losing, you know, almost losing to a team they shouldn't have. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. So, so I think that explains the line movement here, but I'm not taking Arkansas with uh, Burks out the receiver because he's 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 really good. I mean, he he burned AM and uh, a couple times in that game. So uh, if I was getting through with Arkansas, I would have been all over it. But at a pick them, this is a pass for me. Yeah, I have nothing more to add. So uh, I made this Penn State minus two and a half without the Burks news. And look, I, I did some math earlier, and and Burks accounts for one hundred and thirty percent of their receptions. I know that seems difficult, but the math is just trust me on it. It it, it it's not too far off. I don't think it's it's not too far <laughs> off. I mean, that guy is the the only guy they throw the ball to. It's uh, again, we don't really know how that's going to affect. We don't. I don't know enough about the back and stuff that plays out, but. Here's what I can tell you. They line up more than one wide receiver and they don't throw to them. They throw to this guy and he's right, not playing. Right. That matters because now, sure, they plug someone else in, but if they weren't I mean, going to the guys better than that guy, why are they going why, to this Why guy? bother at that point? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why are they yeah. lining up other receivers? I don't know. <laughs> Line up a 350-pound guy all the way out at, at the X receiver spot and just run over that poor corner. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I thought Penn State was the right side before that. Uh, now that he's out, I really like Penn State. So best bet for me, Penn State. It's a pick em right now. I think Penn State wins this game. I think they're the better side in general. And I think that without Burks, I do not want any part of Arkansas uh, there. So I'm, I'm really liking Penn State here. Uh, Fiesta Bowl, that's a noon central kickoff. That's 11 a.m. local time. So an early start for them out there. Jack's alma mater, Oklahoma State, is playing Notre Dame. Uh, Cousin Jared. No official pick here, but definitely I have a lean towards Notre Dame here. Uh, and, you know, we talk a lot about the coach turnover and a lot of uncertainty here. I think the Notre Dame team is like, see ya, Brian. Uh, right. Good to have yeah. you, but we've got our own thing now. So, you know, we're, we're good with what we've got. So I, I think there's a lot of optimism around that program right now, especially uh, with the players. So I think they're going to come out and play really, really well. Um, you know, ugh, Oklahoma State, you know, sorry, Jack, but like, you know, having your heart kind of ripped out there, you know. You get used uh, to it. <laughs> yeah, it's still just, man, it was it was so, so bad. I mean, had their heart ripped out like Dumb and Dumber style. Um, it, was, it was really bad. Uh, anyway, so I, I definitely a lean towards Notre Dame, not an official pick. If for some reason this line starts moving back a little bit towards Pickham, I might jump on Notre Dame. But for, for right now, nothing. But uh, I, I think I think Notre Dame's ecstatic with how the coaching carousel ended up for them. Yeah, I'm not making an official pick either, just because I have a lot of difficulty separating heart from mind in these kinds of situations. But Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator is now a Buckeye, so he's he's ah, not yeah, coaching this that. game. Yeah. And that was the that was the single like like piece of glued on wood that kept this entire ship stable for the entire season. If if not for that defense, Oklahoma State would be like 
at best seven and six. Yeah, the Oklahoma State defense is, of course, um, fantastic. I, I I tend to think that the coaching moves don't mean anything. And what I mean by that is they do mean something. We just don't know ahead of time for every situation where a coach leaves and it works out well, and one works out poor for every situation. We get a new coach. It works. It it just, I just don't know. We've talked about this throughout the season, right? We've talked about it with Washington state, you know, coach leaves and then they start playing really well. So you just never really know how it's going to play out. So I'm, I'm personally just my two cents and you listener, you know, you can decide which, you know, how you feel about it. I don't think that the Notre Dame, I know they like the guy. What does that matter? I don't think it matters anything. I think that they're probably were already practicing hard. I think they're now going to practice hard. I just, I personally don't think it means much at this point. I think it's hard to assess until we get hindsight. When we get the benefit of hindsight, we can start making the narrative, but I, I just don't buy into it. Um, the running back for Notre Dame is out. He's there basically entire offense. So I think that is a concern for Notre Dame. It's also interesting to me, the line didn't move when that news came out. So I don't know what to make of that. That's just something to think about. I like Oklahoma State here and here's why. I feel like it's the same thing we talked about with, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa, Clemson, some of these teams throughout the season. You got to figure out the ups and downs and how it plays out and how things are going. And so I'm going to kind of zig and zag here with Oklahoma state. And what I think is you had, I I backed them in Bedlam and that was a winning pick right there. And then they were high off of that. And then they get to the big 12 championship. And then the week later, you have a little bit of a letdown and what mattered more than anything else being the fact that the running backs out. And so I think that you have people's memory of how bad Oklahoma state's offense looked Without, without the number one running back, they're a different offense. And number two, they threw four interceptions. At least two of them, maybe three, were not the quarterback's fault. They were tips. They were – he got hit as he threw, things like that. So I think people are just saying Oklahoma State's offense is garbage because of that game, because everyone was watching that game. But I don't think that's – I think if, if you replay that Big 12 championship game ten times – I don't know how many Oklahoma State wins, but I don't think their offense, I think their offense looks better in every other time they play that game. I mean, that was like the worst case scenario. So I think that there's an advantage to Oklahoma State here because I think people's, it's about what people's memories are. I think there's a lot of value on Oklahoma State here. So they're plus 112 on the money line. I'm making that a best bet because I just think there's great value here. So again, it goes to, I'm not saying they will win or they won't win. You can never guarantee anything. There are no sure things. I'm just saying I want to put a couple more of my chips on a situation where I think there's value. And I think people's memories of Oklahoma State are giving them a lot of value here. Their offense is much better than they looked in that last game. And I just don't think that Notre Dame without their running back is the same covering machine that they were all season. Oklahoma State was also a covering machine. But one team's lost one of their key players, Elon hasn't. Yeah, so basically you're, you're saying it's just the exact opposite of the Alabama situation. Uh, you, well, it's, it's the same as Alabama situation, just the opposite direction, overreacting to the last last game. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's my take on their Oklahoma State best bet for me at plus 112 uh, on the money line. Uh, same time slot, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Kentucky versus Iowa. Um, Kentucky is a three-point favorite in that game because Jared 
Uh, I would say uh, <laughs> what a take. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch this game, guys. So I've got my list of New Year's Day movies that I. Oh no, my gosh! Just kidding. No, don't don't have a list of New Year's Day movies. Watch the other football games that are on. Don't don't watch this one. Uh, I I can't imagine that this one's going to be super entertaining. This is unless you like turnovers. Is... This is bad news because, like, I was going to need something to escape too when the Oklahoma State Notre Dame game Ar- got too State. emotionally invested. You got, you got, you got three. You okay. know, back in the day, okay. you had, you had like five games at the same time on New Year's Day. Right now, you're down to three, yeah. but yeah, you got the same time. You got the first okay. Bowl okay. Yeah. Never thought I'd say this, but thank you, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if the Fiesta Bowl is too stressful for you, then head over to the Outback Bowl. You got two really good ones there to watch. Okay. Good. One. Yeah. I'm taking Iowa plus three standard pick for me. I like getting a field goal. Uh, I think this should be a pick em. Um, I know that Kentucky is motivated to be there. I know they're an SEC school. Um, I don't love backing Iowa in general because, man, they are just a roller coaster. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You're, you're good. I, I tweeted out a couple of these things in the Big Ten Championship game. I mean, that was just peak Iowa right there. You know, <laughs> trip play, guy wide open, drops the pass, you know, punting from the like 35 or something stupid, you know, like. I, just the stuff, and then you know, getting a lucky turnover and, and scoring off of that. Like Iowa games are just like being on acid or something. I don't even know what analogy <laughs> you make here, right? So I don't love Iowa, but Iowa plus three, I think, is a smart play because I think this is a toss-up game. So either side can win by a field goal, so you get that push protection. Uh, I think Iowa is a smart side, but I'm kind of like these guys. It won't be. It won't be. It will be ugly, and it's hard to really say that. Um, you have a lot of confidence either way. On the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day, that's at 4 p.m. Central out in Pasadena, Utah versus Ohio State. On this one, uh, Jack, I'm going to go to you first. Jack, you have, a, you have a pick on this one. Yeah, official pick for me. I am going to lay the points with Ohio State. Um, this has a little bit more to do with how I feel about the Pac-12 overall than it does about these two schools in particular. But if you're talking about motivation, I feel like Ohio State would like to use this as a dress rehearsal for we're going to be good and in the hunt next year. Again, no, seriously, we mean it this time. (laughs) And as awesome as it was that Utah beat Oregon, I don't know if they can do what Oregon did and beat Ohio State. At least, yeah. And I had something and I lost it. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Jared, so, go yeah, ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to take it next year. Utah beating Oregon uh, twice, both times pretty impressively. I'm not sure how good Oregon is. My model makes this Ohio state minus 10. And so I'm taking standard pick Ohio state minus six and a half. I can't make it a best bet. Cause I'm a little bit nervous about motivation I know Utah really wants this game. It's not that I really think it will go the other way. I just can't be sure about it. I feel like the Rose Bowl sometimes has these wonky games where things that we don't know what's coming happen. And so that's what's holding me back from best. But otherwise, my model typically doesn't like Ohio State. Um, And so the fact that my model says minus 10, I think minus six and a half is a lot of value. So I like Ohio State, standard pick. Here, for me on this one here's my message to all the 18 to 23 year old football playing kids across the country if you can't get motivated for the rose bowl yep. i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yep i agree i agree i think ohio state's a much better team and so i don't think they have any problem covering under a touchdown so 
I need someone to convince me that this isn't a repeat of the Oregon Ohio State game. Like, because this feels like the exact same thing all over again. And you can convince me that Oregon has more talented roster top to bottom than Utah did, but which is does, which is certainly the case. But Oregon was missing their top two defensive players in that Ohio State game. And so I'm not quite sure, you know, how much different Oregon and, and Utah really are, except the fact, you know, Utah's gotten way better as the season has, has gone on and, and Oregon obviously didn't. Um, so y'all completely addressed one of my points there, you know, does number one, does Ohio state want to be there? And number two, and, and we don't know this yet, but are the two uh, receivers for Ohio state going to play, or are they going to opt out to get ready for the draft? I hope, you know, that motivation and those opt outs, you know, I completely understand the players opting out, but I mean, it's the Rose bowl guys, like seriously, like the one game I would say don't opt out of, you know, outside of a yeah. playoff game, it, don't opt out of the, the Rose Bowl. Anyway, so without that information, I, I wouldn't be comfortable making a pick. But to me, it's definitely a lean to Utah, because I, I'm just not sure of an argument that you could make that would convince me this is just a repeat of the Oregon Ohio State game. I think and this is what we talked about earlier, right? Like, you know, wait on some of these numbers because as of yeah. now, as of the recording of this podcast, no one has opted out for Ohio State. The only fear with that is that I want, I just, I don't know. I, I wonder, are, is, are they expecting some opt-outs and that's baked into the number? And as we get closer, mm. if there are no opt-outs, this is going to be seven. I don't, I don't think I changed my thoughts much at seven. It would suck if they were by seven and now you've pushed instead of, uh, instead of one maybe it goes to seven and a half. I'm not really sure if, if that's baked in, but otherwise if you can get more information on that, especially if you can, if you've got multiple outs and you're shopping around and you see one go to seven, you see a second shop go to seven, maybe you lock in your six and a half then. Right. But kind of try to delay. Cousin Jared, to your point, my, my thought is I believe that Ohio state outgained Oregon in that game yardage wise. And so my, my thought there would just be, Hey, if it's a repeat of that game, Ohio State outgained Oregon, they should outgain Utah. Teams that outgain the other team typically win. Right. Um, my other thought would be Ohio State's offense maybe has improved a little bit since then. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, you make some good points, and, again, that's kind of why, for me, it's not a best bet. But it is a situation where I think Ohio State is the much better team. Um, we just got to avoid that fate of um, Utah pulling the Oregon on, on Ohio State to kind of semi-book into the season. I know it wasn't week one, it was week two. Right. And I guess um, my argument would be for Jared, like it could be the exact same like setup type of game, but those, those small little things that happen, I think Oregon got a couple of big touchdowns in there and yeah. that can easily flip the script from like a game Ohio state should have won to all of a sudden they're fighting tooth and nail to stay in it. Right. And yeah. if those go in the opposite direction, then all of a sudden you're talking about a Buckeye blowout. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although I hate picking against Utah. I've, I've enjoyed backing them the last half of the season. Um, so I, I do not enjoy picking against them. But probably another reason why it's not a best bet for me, why I just think the standard play on Ohio State is the, is the smarter move than, than adding that extra unit or half unit or whatever you're, you're doing on the, on the best bets. I'm going to skip the Sugar Bowl, come back and we're going to close with that one. So we're going to move forward to January 4th, 6 p.m., the Houston Bowl, LSU versus Kansas State. This one is interesting. The line was LSU minus, had settled around LSU minus three. And then Johnson transfers to AM because AM's quarterback transferred to 
We don't know where. We don't know yet. Right. He's just in the transfer portal. He's in the Dr. Pepper portal where he's waiting to see what school he goes to. Right. Yeah. Anybody need a punter? Yeah. That line then shifted out to Kansas State minus three. Today, the news came up. Another LSU player is opted out now because of that news. It's out to Kansas State minus three and a half. Who knows how many more opt outs might be coming? And I guess what is Ed Orgeron's swan song here at LSU? Lots going on here in this game. because Yeah, so, and I think there was also one other LSU defensive player that, that uh, uh, opted out for uh, the draft. And so I think there, there's more than a, a few LSU mm. players out. Um, I was on Kansas State when this line first came out. I was on Kansas State when Kansas State became favored. I was probably going to be on Kansas State when they were only laying three, but man, laying three and a half, I just can't bring myself to do it. You know, Kansas State loves to win these games ugly, right? They rarely look beautiful. They get the job done, but man, three and a half, I just can't quite get there. But definitely if I had to pick a side, it would still be Kansas State. Remember, kids, don't jump on a carousel while the carousel is actually still spinning. <laughs> and yes, that's, this a, line that's a way of on. saying don't chase steam. Let the line figure itself out before you make a decision on this one. <laughs> so I, I'm like Cousin Jared. I, I was on Kansas State. Um, I had it around a pick before all the opt-outs and transfers and, and things of that nature. So I was on Kansas State then. I'm going to assume all of the moves are accurate without knowing much more than that and say Kansas State's still the right side. So I'm going to say Kansas State minus three and a half official pick for me. I like that. Uh, Thompson is supposedly playing. Um, that has not been assured, but it has been alluded to, leaned to. They said he's you know all but certain that sort of thing. So he should be playing, which matters. We saw I picked Texas and they won against Kansas State. And that was a pick that got a little flack from someone here on this podcast. But the quarter, him, him not being there mattered for, for Kansas State. Him coming back, I think, is important. So I, I'm going to still say Kansas State's the right side. I don't love it at three and a half, though. So it's just a regular pick, not a best bet. If it's under three, I think it's a best bet. My only fear with this game is the Ed Orgeron factor. I don't really know what sort of weird, kooky thing he's going to have up his sleeve and so that's kind of the um thing hanging in the background of this game but otherwise i think kansas state's the right side and then we're going to close out here with the sugar bowl um baylor is playing down in new orleans against Ole miss uh jared what is your pick i am well let's put it this way Ole Miss is wearing the baby blues, the powder blues. Ooh. So official play for me, I am taking Ole Miss. I'm taking them on the money line, which at the time of this recording is minus 119. Uh, so I had to do a double take on this because I had this thought like a week ago. And I was like, Ole Miss, this, this can't be right. Baylor plays the Big 12. Ole Miss, I think, is by far the best offense that Baylor is going to have gone up against this season. And most importantly, Matt Corral is not opting out. He's playing in the Sugar Bowl. His his swan song was Lane Kiffin. I think they're going to come out with some crazy stuff on offense. And I think they're going to go well above what, you know, Baylor normally gives up. Now, Baylor's going to score some points too. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I think they will. Um, but I feel pretty good about Ole Miss's uh, chances of coming out and winning this this game, the Sugar Bowl. They're going to have a lot of fans there. Um, it's going to be, I think, I think their offense is going to come out and put out on a show for his last game. I'm not making a pick for this, but if I were, I'd be leaning towards what Jared is doing. Hey. 
this is certainly Baylor is one of those teams where you still have to prove that you can win one of these big bowl games. I know the, the professor has been at some of those in person oh. where it, those were brutal. But that like, Cotton Bowl was brutal. The Cotton Bowl oh, was brutal. Man. And then, you know, getting run out of the building by Georgia later. Like, yeah. we're, we're still waiting for Baylor to actually accomplish that now. The new coach. UCF. Yeah. New, new coach. Mm-hmm. They might actually do it this time. Who, who the heck knows how much that translates. But it, it's certainly one of those believe it when I see it stances for Baylor in particular. So we're going to close out the season podcast here. And I am taking officially official pick first total of the season under 55. Oh, after my own heart, even at the key number, even better. Even at the key number. Absolutely. I love the key number at 55. I love the under here. Baylor plays a lot of games under. And listen to this. Here's the thing is that the start of the season, we knew Ole Miss offense was going to be good. We heard, oh, their defense might actually have a pulse this year. It started off and that was wrong. That 61, yeah. 20, they gave up 21 points to Tulane. They gave up 17 to Austin P. They gave up 24 to Louisville, which Louisville, you know, wasn't very good. Yeah. They gave up 51 to Arkansas, 52, 51. That was in October. But listen, I'm going to go backwards order here. Total number of points in Ole Miss games against Mississippi State, 52. Against Vanderbilt, 48. Against Texas A&M, 48. Against the Liberty, 41. Against Auburn, 51 against LSU 48 against Tennessee a team that doesn't have a defense and likes to score fast the only 57 that is just not a lot of offense here and I'm not saying that (laughs) Ole Miss does not have a good offense I'm not saying they don't have a good quarterback I'm saying that Baylor's defense I think is in the same tier as these SEC defenses their offense can also be questionable. So I think Baylor's going to have a hard time scoring. I think their defense is going to hold Ole Miss down. Ole Miss has been playing in these relatively low-scoring games, and I think people just haven't caught up to the fact that Ole Miss is not this team that we saw last year, that we saw in previous years, that we saw at the beginning of the season, that's going to light it up and score 70 points, which is sad because if you take (laughs) 10 years ago, Baylor, Ole Miss, eight years ago, I don't know the right year, would have been a fun game. Yeah. As it is, I think it's going to be a little bit of a low-scoring game. So I'm going first total of the season here, under 55 here in the Sugar Bowl. Didn't think y'all would see that coming. That that 2014 Baylor team versus last year's Ole Miss team would still be in overtime. Yeah, right, right. There'd be some. They'd just be scoring two point after two point. It'd be like 234 to 232 with Ole Miss attempting to skid in the end zone and like the. 300th overtime right right um all right so that's all of our picks here before we sign off i do want to give a sincere thank you to everyone who's been watching this season i'd like to think that we provide good content but it's still wild for me to think about how many of you have tuned in for our first season i know there's a lot of content out there to listen to to watch and so i am truly honored that we've made that cut for you uh guys if you want to add anything else to that yeah, I just echo what the professor said. Uh, we've had a ton of fun this season. I hope that you, the viewer and the listener, have had some fun too. And, and we're already excited for, for next season. So we're already looking forward to that. So I hope you all be back with us.
it's always scary when you get in front of a group of people and especially talk about things as scary as mathematics and statistics. It's even <laughs> scarier when you sign up for an analytics-based football podcast and intentionally bring none of it. <laughs> so for that, I thank everyone who stayed and listened to not just my ramblings, but also just the, the fun ramblings of three friends in particular. <laughs> Yep, it's been a lot of fun. I am planning on doing daily short baseball podcasts during the season. So uh, tune in for those. Uh, the baseball picks this last year did really well. So if you're into some baseball betting, hopefully I can make you some money there. That'll wrap us up for another episode of Picks with the Professor. Please subscribe or follow if you aren't already. As always, remember, you can eat your betting money, but don't bet you're eating money.